Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the What Chair Writers Club studio. Actually, I'm recording this part on my phone. The rest of this will be in the studio. The intro, I am recording at my house, so not as exciting. But what a wonderful episode, and what a huge one, because this is episode number 200. As someone who has almost quit this show in the last couple of years, in all honesty, I'd say about seven times. The closest I got is I did find a draft recently in my Google Drive where I did write out like a, a farewell statement. But I'm happy to say uh, during a lot of circumstances, uh, honestly, personal life getting better. Felicity's older. Uh, PTSD, I don't know if it's gone, but it sure has been feeling that way. Medication and therapy are fucking amazing. I'm really finding this new life and love and passion for podcasting again. And a huge piece of it is be actually because of the What Shares Writers Club. A few months ago, I got a message on Instagram I believe it was on Instagram, uh, inviting me to the podcast studio launch. So uh, Victoria, my wife, and I went, and it was so much fucking fun, and I did, just got to finally be a part of something bigger than the podcast itself. And I love doing the show, and I've met so many wonderful people. And that night was cool. I saw uh, past guest Nate Peavy, my wife, I obviously knew, uh, Chuck Staten, which was a more recent episode, uh, was there as well. And it was just uh, Jacob Holler. You know, it just all of a sudden you kind of realize that you're know a lot more and you're much more connected to a community uh so it was a really big deal so that was really fun and then um getting to do this interview with jody and jillian was just a fucking blast they are super awesome super nice they are the general manager and program manager of the what Cheer writers club uh what Cheer writers club functions there's a lot of things it's a co-working space there's a podcast studio they do tons of events they do meetups they do lots and lots of stuff i really uh encourage you to check out their website whatcheerclub.com you could also um if you're local definitely pop in you can always call email write i mean they have signs that you can show up for a tour anytime it's really really beautiful it's, if you're uh, from the area or know of it it's in downtown providence kind of by the arcade really beautiful location the inside of it is just stunningly amazing the best furniture i really i want them to do the interior of my house honestly but um it's good. I was just thinking back. So this is probably going to be a long intro, so feel free to skip ahead. But I was just thinking back. So I started this podcast back then. It was 2013 with uh, my co-host, Mike. Back then it was Let's Chat with Chris and Mike or Mike and Chris, something like that. Uh, about 20 or so episodes in, Mike decided to part ways, which is fine. And uh, for some reason, this is one of those things that I started that I just didn't think I would get this hooked on. And now... It's been five fucking years, because I think we started, it was either August or September of 2013, and uh, fuck, it's crazy. I met Mike, who I, you know, I've, we've lost touch, but I met him through my friend, good friend Laura Carr, who's never been on this podcast by choice, her choice, but is really the secret kind of ingredient behind it, a lot of it. She's the reason I met Mike, she connected me to him, uh, and then Nate Peavy, who was an early guest, a lot of a lot of, a lot of cool people, so Laura Carr, if you ever hear this, shout out. Um, yeah, but 23, I think I was 29, I was 29, I was a few months away from getting married, and I had some extra money, and it was between, I had enough money for a PlayStation or a podcast equipment and Mike and I we did the pot we end up doing the podcast equipment which is fucking crazy looking back I mean since then I've gotten married I've gone through I don't know how many I've gotten a bunch of different positions I mean I'm god that place I used to work at in 2013 doesn't even exist anymore uh, I've gotten again two nephews a niece 
my own child, gotten married, bought a house, uh, fuck, a lot of, all those life steps, you know, and a lot of shit in between, good and bad, so it's been a, been a pretty transformative five years, so it's kind of interesting, I can kind of go back and hear these little pieces, um, so that's pretty cool. So, also, uh, this Thursday, if you're listening to this, September 5th, I'm going to be partaking in the Let's in the What Cheer Writers Club podcast listening party, which we talk about in the episode. So it's at the What Cheers Writers Club. If you can go, I hope you can. Hopefully you'll see some past guests and some friends. Looking forward to connecting with anyone I can. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts. I'm, I'm serious. I came very close to quitting this show several times. And just having this newfound passion and kind of, uh, it's really exciting. So I'll uh, keep an eye on the feed. I'm looking to start posting more, connecting with some more people. Reach out to me at Let's Chat Podcast and all the things, Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. Whatever you do, make sure you follow What's Here online. Sign up for their newsletter. Check out the podcast. They just do so much. So even if you're not a Providence-based person, this is a great episode for you. I ranted. Let's get to it. so much for doing this this is really exciting i've always wanted to record in like a proper studio so this is like the first time in doing it this is it um since there are two of you maybe just start off like for the listener to, uh, to say who you are first so they can decipher your voices i'm jody vinson i'm the program manager here at what cheer writers club where we're recording um and i'm jillian winters i am the general manager at what cheer writers club Awesome. Uh, so I guess my first question, uh, if you call it that, I would just imagine if you're both like at a dinner party and someone asks what you do, how? what is your explanation? Because I would imagine you must need like, like how much time do you have to like get into the nitty gritty? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. I actually uh, was at an appointment earlier today and she was like, so could you explain what your job means? Uh, and it is kind of difficult. Um, I usually say it that we're a community and uh, workspace for Writers, illustrators, podcasters, journalists, editors, uh, anyone creating literary content. Mm. Um, and then within that, we have Jody and myself, and we both basically do a little bit of everything. I don't know if you have a better <laughs> explanation. Yeah, no, it's a, it can be a tricky question, especially for like my family back in Iowa who's never heard the term co-working maybe, um, mm. which you know I can just kind of explain as Many people are working remotely these days, and maybe they don't want to stay at home in their pajamas and want to have a come be able to come out into a shared workspace. So I kind of start there, kind of anecdotally, and and talk about the people that we're serving and how they come in and use the space. Um, and yeah, sometimes that translates, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what Jillian and I do on a daily basis can can look quite you know different on a given day from social media to scheduling reservations for the meeting rooms to hosting a podcast or being on a podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
How many times do people get together the podcast that part? They're like, oh, what's that? And yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Because I, I noticed that too. Like when you're trying to explain your job, you, I always have to gauge someone's interest. I'm mm-hmm. like, what's your level of interest? Do you, how much do you want to get into this? Because I can tell you everything, but it's... Yeah. How deep do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you really want to know? <laughs> so do things like this exist in other parts of the country? Is this like unique to Providence? Um, no, this is like the only one? Uh, it's, so it's not unique to Providence. Okay. Um, well, it's unique in providence yeah uh there are other locations uh nationally possibly internationally but um the loft i know is one in minneapolis yeah if you're talking about kind of the literary organizations serving like a writing community the loft literary center in minneapolis uh, might be an equivalent as well as hugo house in seattle and the writer's room in boston yeah sort of these places that exist for writers to Mm. write in a space but Right. And of course, there's co-working spaces for various populations, but one that's directly for writers, um, that's kind of unique. Um, and I think one with the podcasting studio is also quite yeah, unique, even nationally. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we uh, uh, and also uh, uh, quite a few of the ones, most co-working spaces. Oops. And then um, a few of the writer focused working spaces are for profit, whereas we're nonprofit. What is your, um, so this is a curious, like, what's your journey? Like, what got you here? I'm sure you, if you went to college or whatever you did, like, you weren't like, I'm going to run uh, the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure, like, many people, like. Since birth. My, <laughs> my dream. Well, even podcasting, what, 11 years old? 10? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's not that old. Like, it's like, so it's even like you couldn't even been formulating this, uh, like, very how old you are. Like, when I was in high school, like, this was just a medium that didn't even come close. Oh, yeah, no. By, by many of years before, as I thought that through, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So. For me, it was really just kind of um, following my passion for writing and reading and finding a like-minded community. So yeah. that's kind of been my trajectory through my jobs. Like I worked in bookstores for like 10 years around the country and just for seeking out that community. So that's always been a priority in my work life. Um, and then it's just looked a lot of different ways. Um, and so I was really lucky to find this kind of unique space, especially because when I took the job, I was maybe a month new to Providence. So it really placed me at a kind of central location where a lot of like-minded writers and creatives were coming through. So I'm really grateful for that. You're from Iowa? Is that correct? I'm originally from Iowa. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you were a travel writer. Is that fresh out of college? or I? Yeah. Like, what's, so, your, what's your like linear, your track? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mostly do creative nonfiction writing, and it usually does have a strong sense of place to it. So some straightforward travel essays. Lately, I've been writing more experimental lyric essays. Um, I'm currently writing a book about insomnia. So I do go to different topics, but even in writing about insomnia, um, place is always... Mm. Fellow insomnia recent haver. Oh, oh no! Yeah. I feel yeah very yeah. empathetic. My husband's the insomniac, yeah. but um yeah I've stayed up many a night <laughs> to, yeah. to a company. <laughs> yeah, yeah medicine is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah, it's a recent thing, but yeah, that's what um and then. Because I always wonder, um, like, so what's your path as well? Like, are you from Providence? Are I'm you not from, from Providence. So none of us are from here. Correct, yeah. I guess. That's yep. a typical <laughs> problem. Yes. All my experiences in Providence tend to be like that. Very transient, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm from Connecticut originally, so not far. Oh, what part? Uh, Norwalk. I'm from Meriden. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah so I, uh, it's about two hours. Um, I just wanted to be further away than 20 minutes for college, so I came here uh, to Johnston, Wales. Um, went for baking lasted about a semester (laughs) Um, and then you know sort of restructured and 
in college, I started working with the Providence Children's Museum. Um, oh, and yeah, it was great fun, but they are a nonprofit. And I sort of like opened up my eyes to, oh, you know, there are a lot of things in this sector that mm-hmm. interest me that, um, you know, it's a way for me to, to uh, scratch this itch of like wanting to somehow give to the world in some way. Um, so I worked in various nonprofits across Rhode Island. And then um, this... Uh, the What's Your Writers Club, um, in its very, very seed of an idea, uh, came to me as just a job opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it was not even at all what it is now. It was basically like a co-working space for people who want to work alone. Yeah. Like, that was it. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, myself and our other co-founder, Anne, um, you know, we teamed up together and it became this thing where, like, oh, we can serve a community here like this can be mm. more than just another co-working space and um my nonprofit background helped with that a little bit and it sort of helped both of us shape the idea that we wanted this to be a nonprofit. we wanted it to be mm. something where like people could come people could find a community and and utilize the space in order to like help them yeah, yeah. and the podcasting studio became a part of that uh the like discounted rental spaces and free rental spaces for writing workshops and things like that all became part of this giant mission um and the the nonprofit aspect of my life and of the club just sort of happily came together now, what's your uh route did you do you do grant funding or like we were just like i'm gonna be a, i worked a nonprofit for years as well and my wife works for one still yeah. and uh so like what was your process and like making it actually happen how did you find each other did you know each other prior to this or <laughs> oh really from listening to the app i don't know when you listen to like the podcast if anyone listens to the the writers club podcast it was just i thought you were like old friends or something that's amazing just, that's we, great we work together like, <laughs> every, every day. day um no we did not know each other uh oh, wow. we feels like we <laughs> yeah it does yeah. um it was something where we had some very generous donors off the bat who were invested in what we were doing. Um, and then uh, we obviously uh, use that as the beginning funds. Um, and then we charge for membership, for reading, yeah, for yeah. room rentals, things like that. Um, and so that income helps. And uh, we are officially 501c3 finally now. I mean, we applied yeah. about a year ago, so it's a long <laughs> process. Um, yeah. But so now we're finally looking at this, you know, grants thing to sort of bolster yeah. it and and help so that way we can maybe lower our our costs even less so that it can be more affordable for more people um and then yeah and we were uh we opened last june uh 2018 2018 thank you it was a soft open until november because we were still renovating the space um and just in the time between june and november we realized how much people were interested um and we realized we needed another person um and so that's where we uh found jody um she was checking out the space i think uh, on a As personal a level yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. i was working remotely i just moved from seattle so i yeah. was needing a space to work remotely yeah and she came in i mean we gave her a tour she she stayed the day t- for a trial and and worked and then we told her about we were you know hiring for this position and uh, the rest is history, I suppose. <laughs> That's pretty great because uh, anyone I've interviewed or friends or anyone I've never known who's like wants to make a career in the arts, uh, I guess everyone's like, I want to do 
be a writer. But there's lots of different ways that appears. Like so, like there's people who are, well, there's like maybe what one percent of people who probably actually make all of their income from art or, or the art they're after. So there's a lot of different avenues. Like I know plenty of people who are authors, but they have a day job either in the field or outside the field. Which I actually am, personally I'm more attracted to talking to people like that because yeah. it's just kind of interesting to see what is. What were your jobs prior to this? Or where were you at your life where you're like, let's make this step? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's something that I think we see a lot in our members, too, is like yeah. there are those people who they come here nine to five and their job is like working on whatever they're writing yeah. or creating. And maybe those are maybe that's one big project. Maybe that's multiple little projects. Um, but I think also quite a few of them are working nine to fives, whether it's, you know, they're working remotely here or they're working a somewhere in Providence and they come here after hours like most people I think are not just solely working on one thing that's getting them all their money yeah unfortunately that is just yeah part of it and the reality of it as you said and it can you can look at it in a positive light and see you have to be as a creative person creative in how you make your income and support yourself and we see people piecing things together like that Um, but it's true we have different co-working packages Um, we have like a nine to five Monday through Friday and a lot of times those people are doing their job that pays the bills mm-hmm. and then you know maybe the nights and weekends you see someone come in who just got off their day job that pays the bills and they're now ready to write their novel or whatever they might be creating and especially you're in a good position too because like the, it seems to be that the gig economy is going to be the way of the future unfortunately for writers uh, <laughs> yeah. but what are you going to do but, but I mean, that's where co-working stuff is like kind of cool yeah it's, definitely I mean when and it's I know from personal experience what it means to have a place where you can come and see other people interact with other people when I first moved here I was still I was writing remotely um, for my previous job marketing writer and uh, I even though I don't require as an introvert a lot of social interaction during the day by the end of the day if I did interact with someone, I could just hear myself blah, blah, blah. Like, like, I didn't even know myself because I was so out of balance. Like the overshare? Yeah, exactly. And I've <laughs> yeah. never done that before. So I was like, oh my gosh, I think I need to see people during my work day. Um, so I really understood the value of having a community or people that you saw on a consistent basis when you came in to sit down and, and do your work. Oh, it makes all the difference. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, I can't, I can never like think I could work from home. I would have to do something if I ever had the option. I had never looked for that stuff. I was like, I, I just know that about myself. I'm like, I'm too much of an extrovert. I'll get so sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's very sad. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and uh, so it's just, just so interesting. And I'm sure you've noticed like a big influx of people from like New York and Boston moving here too, because Providence is so much cheaper. <laughs> like. Oh my God! Like my my old boss moved from Boston, and they just took whatever they they paid for their very small studio payment a point um, apartment because her husband was in like residency, so they had to like move real quick. She's like, all right, we'll just take this and throw it towards rent in Providence, and you go from like a studio to like a house on the east side of Providence right. off like. Yeah, on Blackstone Boulevard. For people not around here, it's like the most idyllic place you could be in the state. I kind of think we need to keep it a secret. I know. Though, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate talking much. about it. Like so, but yeah, don't come here. No, it's, yeah, it's actually horrible. Yeah, I it's awful. It. <laughs> I, yeah, because I, I grew up in Connecticut as well, and like I, I don't think I, I don't, you were much closer like me. Like I don't think I ever really came to Providence when I was younger. For some reason in high school, we went to the mall for a field trip, and I still can't remember. <laughs> That's great. Like, I remember it, and I'm like, how did I – I don't even understand. Like, why? What was the educational value? Yeah, I still have no clue, but I just – I remember them being, like, very strict. Like, you cannot go outside. You cannot leave the mall. And they had, like, chaperones guarding all the exits. And I was like, why are we even here? <laughs> I, I just remember thinking that. Yeah, it was so strange. And then uh, when I started to visit here, I was like, 
oh wow there's like a lot to do yeah i uh i used to go to the beaches when i was a kid like scarborough oh, yeah, uh, yeah, much yeah, more yeah. south county same here yeah and westerly was more of our my right knowledge of exactly and uh and then i had a cousin who went to brown uh when i was maybe 15 and so I, that's when i came to providence for the first time and you know it was a very microcosm like i was up on the hill yeah, I, was, yeah. I was only around the air but still i was like wow this seems great like and you know as a 15 year old surrounded by all those college kids that's what I wanted at that time yeah. <laughs> and then when I was looking at school I looked uh, at Brown and then when I realized that definitely wasn't an option <laughs> I looked at some other schools in Providence and uh, and it just still held that charm even yeah. even as I expanded further into the city absolutely yeah and I'm like I know it's, uh, it's harder to get into an Ivy League the closer you live. Yes, yeah. Because I, I, I always found that so odd. So, like, if you're in Massachusetts, you're probably not going to Harvard. <laughs> or you have to be, like, really, like, excellent. And if you're in Japan yeah. or something, or, like, the other side of the world, they're like, we'll take anyone just to make our numbers. Yeah, <laughs> change it up. Yeah. I definitely wasn't getting in no matter where I was coming from. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I also here. <laughs> and that must have been so great because I – I wish I saw. I, like, I wish I saw Providence when I was like. In, I went to school in Vermont, so I was like, oh man, I wish I like saw this when I was like that age. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad I got to come here. I, I love li- love living in the city and now hanging out in it frequently. What are your go-to eating spots? Are you all other foodies? Because oh. that's the thing about Providence that like I noticed everyone who moves here. Like I was not one of those people, and it just takes over your life. Yeah, it blooms something inside of you. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, like an awakening, and then you get like you don't realize how much of a snob you are when you go somewhere. And I go home to Norwalk. It's a, you know a suburban town in Nor- okay. in Connecticut. Yeah, I'm like ah, Panera. God. <laughs> I only have like, so bougie. Oh, and then you get like I only have three takeout options. Yeah, I'm like, sorry. What? I, I don't have. I can't get authentic Cambodian food delivered to me from Grubhub. Like why? Why not? Like I just moved to Warwick and I'm feeling I'm like oh it's yeah. Like, oh, it's Taco Bell. Slightly or, more suburban, even though you're not that far away. Yeah, it's not. It's almost a different world, but it's it's very suburban. Like I'm like by a mall and stuff. And it's great, but you know I I like. <laughs> the malls. Yeah, <laughs> that's come up. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I could say a favorite place. I can say one. Oh, I live very close to Wara Wara on the mm. east side. Oh yeah, yeah. Their ramen is so good. Oh gosh, yeah. So I eat there way too, yeah, way too often. So and then good. the donuts, we can't. Oh yeah. It's especially being a writers club, and we, we yeah. ended up getting a, a discount for all our members for that the need. need. Yeah. yeah. Just because it's dangerous, very mm-hmm. dangerous. And I, I, I love PB donuts. So I, my problem with them is I got my at work we got like really obsessed and we went like months yeah, <laughs> yeah over and that can happen. <laughs> yeah. Like you go like two or three times in a week and you're like just I. Uh, but I find need is like a little bit more. I love need donuts as well. And that's uh for you bring to someone who like you're not sure if they want something kind of right. Kind of, it's a they bit, serve still, two different purposes, but they're yeah. both delicious. Oh, they're so good. I, was, <laughs> I got one today when I was at coffee. Oh, ah, there so, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, same thing. I was never like an uh, an obsessive donut person either until like all this stuff started popping up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked them. I just yeah. Were they like a thing in Iowa? Because like I don't. You know, so my parents now live in southern Minnesota, and there is the best donut I've ever had came from an Amish farm that sold them roadside and still does. So if you're ever near Chatfield, Minnesota, let me know. There's Amish in Minnesota. Yeah. Like... This whole sentence is throwing me for a loop. <laughs> I thought they were only in Pennsylvania. Oh no. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And they make a damn good donut. I will say also. Maybe not the best donut, but the most nostalgic donut is a roadside apple picking cider mm, donut in yes. the heart of New England. Yeah, yes. I can identify with, with that. like a warm cider. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Getting hungry, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we got on this subject. So. <laughs> That's usually how it goes here. It's just, you start with one topic, and then you just kind of end up talking about whatever you're thinking about. Like, what's what do I really Yeah, That's so funny. But to answer your question originally, we have seen a lot of people coming in from Boston and New York. Um, oh, definitely. Uh, I would say maybe even more New York than Boston, maybe because it's it's a little farther away. Yeah, the... the uh, difference in cost of living is definitely more dramatic but also west coast a couple from oh, san yeah, francisco right. yeah, yeah and myself are. from seattle yeah those yeah, some of those cities are blowing yeah. up in terms of yeah because we're getting like some tech companies or yeah, offshoots yeah. of that are starting to kind of come in here which is really great to see for progress of the city and state so it always makes me excited and because one of the really cool things at least like when we had the the the, the, the meetup group I, I the, oh i'm sorry the podcast studio grand opening yes yeah. i remember and like it was like the first time in my life I had like been around like it was like a very co- consolidated group of like different types of creatives. So mm-hmm. it just I was talking to one person who had a podcast, and the other guy was uh, one person I met was like a journalist from like the Times and worked for the Projo, and so it's just so interesting like the the amount of like concentrated talent that comes through here. Yeah. Like in like other like every field or any arts has that whether it's music or comedy or like I grew up like really involved in like the music scene in Connecticut when I was younger, and so it, like, this kind of reminds or like uh, or in like comedy there's like the Groundlings or UCB and then like ten years go by and then you're like every single famous person started here, right. so this is uh, like this is like the incubator in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, and I think what's I don't know if it's unique to Providence or even just maybe the club because we've kind of spread the net wide in terms of what content people are creating and that are welcome here. Um, but it's cool that they're coming from all different disciplines because then there's the potential for collaboration, right? Yes. You know, yeah. um, so we do have podcasters, but we also have translators and editors and illustrators, you know, and so there's just a lot of potential there, mm-hmm. which is in part why we did start doing these monthly member meetups and including the launch party and stuff. And um, and that's been so exciting. And we've started to also add some content to those meetups. Like we had an open mic last month oh, yeah, yeah. Um, where people can actually hear what's being created in the club and kind of interact around that, which has been really thrilling mm-hmm. to see, I think. Um, and this month we're doing, or in September, September 5th, we're doing a podcast listening party, as you know, Chris. Yes, I'll, I'll be, yeah, I'm really excited, like stupid excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll be a chance for local podcasters to sample um, their podcast, playing a clip and introducing it to listeners. Yeah, and, and this idea came from you, if yeah, I'm not wrong. Yeah, it was. I saw your email. I don't even remember saying it, but I didn't want to say that in the email. I was like, I would take full credit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure as you know, when you record a podcast, you forget everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you were talking to um, Jacob Holler. Oh, podcast. yes, yes. Yeah, and you guys had mentioned the yeah. listening party. And I had Maybe I'd heard of the concept, but I've definitely never been to one. But I was like, this, yeah, me neither. this is because we had been wanting to kind of um, focus on podcasting in September and to kind of reach out to the local community that's already, you know, established here and uh, people who are just starting to kind of pull people together and let them know what's going on. Because um, podcasting is so collaborative. I mean, yeah. it's um, it's great to see people like yourself having local other local podcasters on their show yeah. and et cetera. Right. Um, and you know, we, we teach this podcasting orientation class here once a month and we just see so much potential for that with the different cohorts coming through to connect with each other. So that's really what we're looking forward to seeing and hearing on, on September 5th. <laughs> and I think even, uh, you know, locally speaking, like when, when we started the club and we were building the podcast studio, I was researching local podcasts yeah. and, I mean, before that, I had no idea because, you know, if you're not following the right channels, you're not yeah, seeing that kind of exactly. content. And, you know, so I found sort of like the front runners like you, Chuck and Brad, oh, yeah. Wicked Roadie even. Um, 
few others that I'm forgetting. But then even since then, and since we've started our podcasting 101, we've opened the studio, it's like even more have come out of the woodwork and even more have started from here. And it's like, it feels like it's doubled in size from what I was researching just a year ago. And so it's something that's like, it needs, it needs a, a structure or like a venue, not to contain it, but to, so that everyone knows what's going on. <laughs> like a curation or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it, it's funny because, like, similar... What, what I like about this place that you do include other things beyond the writing. Because, like, someone like me, like, writing just... I, it makes me very... I'm not good at it. It makes me so uncomfortable. So, I'm like, I could never be in a writer's club. So, I never got into blogging. But then I ended up just somehow finding podcasts and just really sticking with it. And it's so... I'm sure you just know, too. It's it's fun to kind of get in the, the ground floor of things before they get there. It's like... And to see the industry, like, the bubble started to... Or if it's a bubble, but it's, it's just changed so much yeah. in, like, the last five years. Because when did you get started? Uh, 2013, my then co-host and I started. And I thought that would be it. And then just kind of took over my life. <laughs> and then... Uh, but it, but, it, but similar to you're talking like writers, like, very isolating. Because yeah. at first I just had equipment at my house and I would just go through people I knew personally. And then it kind of grew. And then social media. So the majority of it has been... Uh, talking to people on Skype or some sort of like so very, many in person, but actually not that many. The majority of it was is very isolating, and like yeah. you would have this like really niche experience to you that no one else would understand because you're like you're talking to this person that only certain people care about. Like you know you have like your internet friends. I think that seems to be a generational thing now. That like I have a lot of friends on Twitter that we love this thing, but no one I know in my real life does. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I didn't know about the Rhode Island podcasters because I wasn't. It, well, at least in, uh, from a marketing standpoint, when I was starting it, there's no, like, I got to listen to this. Because at first I thought that was the beauty of podcasting, that anyone, anywhere could do it. Mm-hmm. And I still think that, but it's just yeah. like, but now that there's like, um, I think it was, uh, I believe you said, I think he's a club member, Orrin Hannity. Do, is yeah, it yeah. Orrin Hannity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had written the piece for the yeah. monthly. Which, um, or, or online or the magazine, one or the other. But And then that's how I started, actually. I was like, wait, there's others? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember my time frame. I think it was either him. I was like, I think I met Jacob Holler on Twitter. And then it just, no idea of Providence space. It just happened to be we were there. And then we actually lived pretty close to each other. So that was just like a happy accident. Cool. Rhode yeah. Island thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that really is true. And then I think that's, and then I was like, oh, my God, there's all these other podcasts. And like, guess I know it's like we're all just kind of floating, and then this was like the anchor. But like, oh, now it actually kind of there's like a hashtag on Twitter now for RI podcasts. That I, if I'd done it before, it would just right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, no, no one cares. But then, and then you find people have been doing it much longer, and then you kind of become friendly. And like a real, I think really I gave a lot of the crowd the credit. Like the community, like that opening was like the first time. Like I was like almost ready to pack it up before the, the before I found the club because I was like I had money and time and energy. Or I was like it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah, and I love doing it, but it's just like I had a, just like a lot of stuff in life was just yeah. getting tired. By but like we had um, everything broke, and then like my, my daughter was born, and that was the whole. My, we had a very my wife had a very traumatic birth, so like we had a whole and everything that could go wrong in that year after went wrong. So like mm-hmm. it kept getting put in the back burner, and then you know when in life when there's like more steps to do something, you're like, oh fuck, I got to yeah. research it, and I have to buy a Zoom and learn how to use a Zoom, and like. It's, Three hundred dollars. Do I really want to do this? And then this popped up on I think on Instagram. I found it. I was like, wait. A minute. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. Yeah. That's good to hear because I think that's true for a lot of the content arts. Is it? 
it's not necess- they're not necessarily valued in our culture the way maybe mm. s- other arts or oh, other yeah. things are. And so you really do have to be your own kind of, you have to claim it. Like, no, this is a value for me to put time and money and effort into and to prioritize it around other things. And yeah, it's great to hear that the club is enabling people to do that. <clears throat> it's kind of um, validating to, that there is this physical space for you yeah. that you can kind of justify. It's professional and you can kind of justify it as mm-hmm. having that um, that taking up that kind of space in your life. No, yeah, absolutely. It's and I and, and I'm so happy that we have something like that here, and it's just been so it's so wonderful because it's like like writers. I'm sure you feel too. It's such an isolating experience where a third of your time is not doing the thing you like. It's the Oh, at least for not me, but like I know freelance friends so have to track down a payment they never got, or you have to like for podcasts I have to book and write and edit, and I and I kind of enjoy that stuff, but this is the part I like the most, and then that's the stuff that would be like, ah, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that, and then it's easy to put it off, or then it was just, and then I tell you trying to like sch- coordinate schedules with someone in like California or different parts of the world, and then once my daughter was born, and like I was like. I was like, I have so much less time than I used to. So I'm like, hey, do you have a 12:30 on a Wednesday for you? <laughs> it's kind of strange when you go to like someone. So yeah, you prioritize of who you want to have. But it's so fun. It's so fun. It really is. I I like to think of it as like music, where like there's maybe I would say maybe like 30% of all music is like I would say objectively good. And the rest of it sucks, but no one's ever going to hear it, right? There's, like, one Rolling Stones, and then maybe some – and then you can kind of go down to a certain level, and then you get to, like, guy in the bar playing, which for love. And that's why I always kind of – I'm more in that feel because, like, do you, people will be like, oh, there's too many podcasts. Like, who complains about it? You would never say, there's too much music. There's Find too- what you like and yeah. listen to that. Too many books. There's there's too much art in the world. No, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. Like, just it's, – it's great because you can find such niche things. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, like true crime. I, I'm not a big true crime podcast listener, but what a odd niche. That. Yeah, I mean, it's an, an a massive niche, though. People love it. <laughs> I make money. Yeah. yeah. Be more odd, but, you know. I like some of I do like some of them. I have moments where I like I jump into it, but yeah, I, like, people like make money off of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. careers. Yeah, yeah. Like, like my friend now is like he's a podcast booking agent. At interview uh, connections, uh, he came oh, yeah, on yeah. APV. Yeah, he came on APV, and just like I'm like, what a weird world. Like that's but that's a job. <laughs> that's a job. And, and in Rhode Island, yeah. it, it wasn't like a Boston, LA. I don't even know if, for the longest time of the industry, to my knowledge, this is all just from an outsider's perspective. For the job posting, because I see we're all New York, LA, and then Boston had the PRX garage. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then you started seeing companies hiring podcasts, and then that kind of. More position crossed over into the business world. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. It is. It's such a great medium because there's. It's fairly low barrier to entry. So like a lot of people who maybe didn't have a voice before or to or hadn't been able to find a outlet for a really niche content or subject that they were interested in, they can find their audience in this way. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen libraries have them too now, like a little podcast studios. I don't know if they're in this state, but I have seen them in some other states. Um, which is really cool. So like, so then you, it's not, it's just like, it's there's not even a money issue for certain people. Right, it's super accessible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's that's kind of the thing I love about it the most. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is like the biggest surprise from the club that you found? Like, start a nonprofit, not easy. Like, not easy. Never done it, but I <laughs> worked in the field. Know that 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 world can be. Hmm. Biggest surprise. Gosh, Jody. <laughs> She's my I biggest know. surprise. No. Um, <laughs> in a good way. Right? In a good way, yes. 
Yeah, gosh, I don't know. This is my first nonprofit job, but I have worked in bookstores which aren't nonprofits, but also tend to have Similar, small staffs yeah. and Do you so like one? <laughs> yeah, small staff low pay. Yeah, yeah. Where well, or just that where you're um, you find yourself. I did have like a a job as a marketing writer for like a luxury travel company where my one job was to write, you know, and and there's different Mm -hmm. departments and everything. But when you're working in something that you really believe in and are passionate (laughs) about in a nonprofit or a bookstore, you're really, you know, all hands on deck Mm -hmm. um, and your fingers are in everything, which is is fun and everything. So I guess there wasn't a a surprise necessarily for that um, because that was my background. Um, But it's definitely... It's definitely a lot of work. <laughs> work. It is a lot of work because um, it's it's really just Jody and myself doing it. Um, wow! Really? You don't just the two of you? We are the we're the two staff. Um, so that's the club, the podcast, and then you have the 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 press and matters. Yes. I yeah. can, can I get that email letters. and I look at that. Okay. And I'm like, that would take me an hour. Like, yeah, Jillian's um, amazing. I don't know how you can do. I, Wow. So we have two newsletters. Wow. Uh, Jody does the writer's resource. I do the pressing matters. Wow. Um, so sleep is not a thing. To <laughs> <do>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to the insomnia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I the uh, original question of surprise is probably like coming back to that people coming out of the woodwork and, and mm-hmm. liking what we were doing because mm-hmm. there's always that fear of like what if no one cares? yeah like oh god <laughs> or maybe there's only actually only four people here who this would serve and, and we totally misjudged but uh, that was not the case and mm-hmm. so it was uh, maybe not surprising but uh, a, a welcome relief or a, oh, yeah, a, I imagine. and also a little enlightening of like how many people were craving something like this mm-hmm. whether they knew it or not um, and then uh, from there, like yeah, the the pressing matters became something where we we knew that we wanted uh, to serve all of these people in the community, but we also wanted to make sure that like people who aren't creating know that people in Rhode Island are creating, and yeah. so that was where pressing matters came from. It was like, how can we push this content out to people who are reading the books, who are listening to the podcasts, who are following the Instagram comics, all those kinds of things, and so. We uh, split up the two newsletters so that way it wouldn't get too jumbled and yeah. people could pick their content. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so I do the Pressing Matters, which is you know a weekly literary event calendar, as you know, and it's uh, pretty much my entire Monday usually is the case. Um, well, there's a lot that goes on here that I had no idea. Yeah. Um, like living here for as long as I did, like. Brown and RISD are almost like a separate entity where I would, ha- I don't have any connection. I don't know anyone there. I don't, so I would never know what's going on. I, I don't even know if they had stuff for the public. It just wasn't something that was on my radar unless, so when I, when you, you were, your newsletter, I was like, I didn't even know that that much happened here. Yeah. And sometimes libraries too have a lot of great That's stuff. Lot, yeah. and, and one of them, there was like, they were having like an actor, I forgot his name, but he was like in, I think he was in Lost or Star Wars. Like a pretty well-known actor was coming to like do a reading of his book. Greg Gunberg or something. I don't remember. Really. I just, <laughs> it was one of those things that if it wasn't for your newsletter, I would have never. Right, you've never known. Existed. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. And I actually even, uh, you know, I have a few people, primarily people from the libraries, who send me things. Otherwise, I just search for most yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, but I remember talking with uh, one of them who uh, was telling me that. You know, she was so grateful for it because, for whatever reason, like people don't think of libraries as places that hold events like that, and so it's really hard for them to get audiences for yeah. like author signings and um, book events and things that, like, you know, you would you would maybe think more of a going to a bookstore would mm. would be your yeah, route. Yeah. Um, but I mean, 
we have so many community libraries. Yeah. Let alone like the Providence Public Library, the, you know, there's all the free libraries and, um, and almost all of them are doing stuff like every week. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, And so the intention is to get people who had no idea to maybe go to them one week. Yeah, absolutely. It's centralized for, for, for once, because I'm not going to spend a Monday looking for every event that I'm not going to go to. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be fair. And that's really, yeah, that's really the role that we have kind of taken on or wanted to take on as kind of that umbrella organization mm-hmm. that kind of gets the word out and broadcasts what's already going on. We do put on um, some of our own events, usually around kind of the business or practical side of, of mm. content creation, like how to get a grant or, you know, how to maybe it's about podcast tips or those kind of practical stuff that um, content creators maybe don't want to always think about, but it's a part of our life. Um, But in addition to, and the writer's resource newsletter does, you know, let people know what's going on at the club. But in addition to that, what else is going on for writers in the state, Mm. like from Goat Hill Writers Frequency, Grub Street, all these great organizations that are already operating and teaching craft classes. There's just so much going on, but it is, the problem is it's hard to know about it sometimes. And so having that centralized kind of, voice that's broadcasting and kind of just amplifying what's already going on. Yeah. Um, that's kind of w- what a lot of our jobs are, mm-hmm. um, in addition to just being fans of what's going on, which right. is my favorite Trying to part. go to as many <laughs> of them as we can. <laughs> like in my, in my day job, I'm a case manager for like a, with a behavioral health company. But I, so I, one of my job is like finding community resources. And there are times I work with people who want to get more involved in the community. So like your, your newsletters are so helpful for that. Oh, oh cool. that's great saves me like a couple, an hour of research that I don't have to do that day I was like all right well here uh, like sometimes it used to be I would just take like the Rhode Island monthly like let's sit down and circle and pick a thing which is also wonderful I love them yeah <laughs> I pull from them a lot as well yeah and I, I think I was I think it was last yeah I think I met a writer one of the talked to someone who was working for them last time I was here I was like oh so cool and like I recognized their name <laughs> you don't realize how uh, much that publication gets around you know yeah yeah, yeah it's been fun I recognize a lot of bylines in the local publications now yeah. that I know you know the club members and yeah, stuff yeah, it's yeah. like oh I know that person it's, it's a small community <laughs> it's great it is yeah we all just sit in our little apartments or houses <laughs> right. by ourselves two streets away from each other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are crazy. like three club members who live on my street <laughs> really yeah oh, that's funny. I see everyone everywhere which is great <laughs> that's what I like about that's what I like about like living here like is everyone's so close yeah. but yet no one travels and once you leave the city no one will ever yeah, actually yeah, travel no. <laughs> but we, I who, maybe with Shiva DeMuth we were talking to who mm-hmm. we recently had on our uh, the Writers Resource podcast out of the club and she was sort of saying this about Providence that what's the greatest thing about it being so small and tight knit is that you know maybe you meet someone at the club where you meet someone like at a reading or a conference and then you see them two days later at the coffee shop and then you see them four days later like while you're grocery shopping and so it's sort of that constant like oh hey how are you that really expedites the relationship and expedites you being able to reach out to them in a personal or professional manner which is great oh absolutely and it's so easy to ask someone for coffee when it's a 10 minute walk or drive compared to like uh, if you live in like Los Angeles and I have to get in a car and drive three hours to go across right, town exactly. or something yeah. in New York or it's just it's stuff like that. It just makes it like and I met Jacob and like we end up living close to each other. Like, let's go to the diner. Let's yeah. Meet. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. So, so fun. little effort. And the older you get, everything comes. It just comes down to time, money and energy. And right. there's so much little of it. So the, when the less energy to, to yeah. get somewhere, it's like, all right. Yeah, that's what I noticed upon moving here. I'd lived in some bigger cities before that, and there's just an ease to life here. And, mm. and yeah, the community is just constantly being reinforced because of just the frequency of seeing yeah. people. Yeah. 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 
And there's the flip side to it, but right. <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> the shadow, there's the shadow side. To it, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we won't talk about. No, that. I haven't, I haven't experienced it with podcasts or writers, but that, no, it's, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> no, that's so great. Well, I know you. Um, what other cities did you live in? Like, what were your compared to the Providence? I'm sure. Like, yeah. Some people love the bigger city than because Providence is middle. It's, yeah. it's, it's a small city. It, it is, which yeah. I like about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so far it's it's been wonderful. Um, I've lived in um, Seattle, as I mentioned, Minneapolis, and Boston. Um, as far as the bigger cities. Um, and I, li- while living in those cities, thought I was a city person and I would, you know, I would miss having like 40 coffee shops to choose from. Mm. But the reality of that is that you might have 40 coffee shops where you go to the same one. <laughs> you know, yeah. you go to your favorite one over and over again. And um, so, yeah, I, it's kind of been interesting to live in a smaller place um, that still has great food options and a great community. And so far, I have not felt the limits of it it's been um there's enough here that's you know really what i need so do you have a favorite coffee shop here i don't um y- yes lately I, I one i just discovered was saint mondays over on the mm. west end um i Where love that? that uh it's saint on by planet fitness if you yeah. know like over the highway yeah it's, it's i didn't even hear i didn't know about it yeah i shouldn't i need to keep these things a secret oh. no um but because i i'm a writer but i you know this is my day job is to work at the club so my (laughs) creative space is not here at the club I need to go out into the world and find that so I am often coffee shop hopping Mm -hmm. um around so um there's a lot of great ones out there I feel like we shouldn't publicize because that's the whole reason we exist is so people don't have to do that but (laughs) Jody does because if she's here she's working well seven stars purposely doesn't have wi-fi so that's exactly why you should come here exactly exactly (laughs) yep (laughs) So and we have air conditioning too. Yes. And Seven some stars not air conditioning. No, they do, but some places don't. <laughs> yeah. So when I went to school in Vermont, there was a really good coffee shop called Mocha Joe's, but they would just they just didn't have air conditioner. It was kind of that like, I don't know, kind of a fu attitude. Like they weren't nice. Right. The food it was really good, but they weren't very friendly. And it was like kind of hot inside, and but it was the only game in town. <laughs> yeah, that's what you had to do. Yeah, <laughs> sounded like they need some competition. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, <laughs> new business plan. Yeah, <laughs> what share coffee in Brattleboro, Vermont? Everyone, <laughs> we can do. We do have coffee. Here we too. do have coffee. and a new coffee grinder. Woohoo! Very exciting. That's, yeah, coffee and writing go seem to go hand in hand. Oh yes. man, they suck that down. Yeah. Yeah. We already went through a 14 cup pot today, and it's like 12:30. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, because you said my, I guess the old image used to be a writer was like cigarettes and coffee, but now right. now it's just coffee. <laughs> now it's just coffee because thankfully you can't like smoke inside right <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a bunch of smoke clouds hanging around thank god <laughs> what's cool i like that you talk about is like the encompassing aspect of like the industry because there's you know there's the art of writing but then there's the industry I, I, and you have like different events in my now correct me if I'm wrong i thought i saw this and i couldn't remember but you had like a like a, a, an event for like freelancers and like yeah yeah exactly yeah so it is kind of on the the events are usually on the business end of content creation so for one of them I think it was this past March maybe we brought we invited um local editors in so the editor of like Rhode Island Monthly and yeah. Projo and um and we had a panel where people could ask them questions about how to query how to write for those publications and freelancers got some of their questions answered um 
So things like that. We also, well, for our Writers Resource podcast, um, we it's in a similar vein, allowing people to know, um, talking to like community leaders and experts or just authors, letting mm-hmm. people know the resources that are out there. So we talked to like a CPA about how to do your taxes if you're a freelancer. That was a good one. I, yeah. I, I like first one. <laughs> I, first, I like weird nitty gritty stuff like that. Yeah. And that's relatable to everyone because we all pay, t- well, hopefully, we're all paying taxes. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. so and in October, we're doing um, a healthcare for freelancers. We're bringing health source our art to talk about so how smart. to sign up. So those kind of practical things. Um, September is focused on podcasting, but and so we have that listening party. We have an audio editing or audio storytelling panel um, with a few people from the Publix Radio um, Mosaic podcast and some others. So we're gonna talk. So that's on September 14th. Yeah. Um, again, trying to grow the podcast community. Right. Um, so yeah. Well, especially like for freelancer, my at least my immediate image. Anyone I've ever known had to do it who can make a stab at the arts is they had to come from some sort of like financial background. Like, and yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, but what I like about that is like that you're the, um, like the pull your like these are the people who pulled themselves by their bootstrap, but then handed the ladder down to pull everyone up with them, which is mm-hmm. which is a great way because where you don't go to school i'm sure we all if, if you went to college or high school you come out no one teaches you how to do like life stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like, i've i've interviewed like people who are like full-time freelancers but and like they've written for like national publications and all these great things but then they don't have health insurance and i'm like well you're not a medicare well why could i get medicare it's like well if your income this is the stuff i do in my job it's like oh you qualify for snap and this and it's like Oh, I was like, yeah, you yeah. Nobody to, knows that. You have to live. Yeah. yeah. So no one talks about that in school. No one. There's not like, a, how do I have health insurance if I want to pursue the arts? Because it's really important. You can't right. Write if you're sick. Well, or you're dead. <laughs> More importantly. Yeah. And that's where I think our our ideas or our uh, drive for the events that we have and and them being more like business focused and and. Uh, around that kind of stuff because it's like there are so many uh, craft focused organizations already in yeah. Rhode Island um, or even like you know you can uh, uh, sort of explore that on your own but those yeah. sort of like solid facts of like okay I, I'm doing this and I feel good about doing this but how do I live off of it how do I yeah. like how do I take care of all the other life stuff those yeah. foundational things that mm-hmm. allow me to follow this dream follow this this passion yeah. um, and so that's where mm-hmm. it primarily came from and it, again, reinforces the community because you go to these events and you find other people who are trying to do the right. same thing. Yeah. And there's some solidarity there, you oh, know, absolutely. with among those freelancers. They're like, how much yeah. are you getting paid? Yeah, that kind of, yeah. right. you know, um, and so I think that in itself has so much value. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, some companies are notorious for being awful and yes. they hide that information of how much if you don't communicate the pay right. scale difference and yeah. then you could even see it. I had uh, the good pleasure of interviewing um, this gentleman named Matt Sycom. Uh, he runs he founded a satire website that I really liked. And then at the same time, he just happened to invent this thing called Outvoice, which like is for freelancers, freelancers to like get paid immediately. I, it's not my word. I don't know. It, it just I wish I knew about it when I interviewed him because he was there to promote the new podcast. But I followed. I was like, oh, my God, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Like an ethical way to do it. Right. So and finding I, out about things like that that yeah. maybe weren't on your radar is yeah, you know you have to be kind of connected to a community to kind of be in the yeah. there. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's it's just so great because like, yeah, there's just so many questions in life. I just feel like there's um, there 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 people would always say like all the information is out there, but it, it's not. If you ask anyone how they got to their career 
And any field, arts, whatever, everyone's stories. Like the three of us will, as we all know, we have completely different stories. And you just accidentally walked in here and took a left life. Play. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's no way. It's not straightforward. That's yeah, right. It's right. not like you get your medical degree and you're a doctor. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, I know those are complicated stories as well, but. Well, they make more money than me. So, yeah. Yeah. Less of a formula or a path carved out for you yeah. in the world. Right. You have to create Lucky. your own. Yeah. It, in terms of uh, like. One of the things about clubs, I know, do you do you call podcasting and stuff? That's like new media. Is that like a approved term? Not approved. Is that what people call it still? I is there like don't know different? if I've even. Yeah. I think there's still kind of a sense of, that there's. Yeah. It's, I think it depends on where, who you're yeah. talking to, yeah. maybe. <laughs> maybe an age thing. Because yeah. yeah. yeah, I, uh, I mean, something that I have continually talked about with other people is that I always thought podcasting was this bubble um, that, yeah. you know, I... uh, I jumped into really heavily as a listener um, and then it was like all of a sudden it was everywhere and then I felt like oh there's so much that like I can't even comprehend what I'm looking for there's too much like content was way off the charts in terms of finding stuff and um, and and then you know sort of I fell off the uh, horse with it a little bit and in starting this and in researching the podcasts locally and and then starting our class it was like it sparked something in me and then obviously starting our own podcast yeah. <laughs> helped because I was like I should listen to podcasts again and, and think about this in a different light uh and the uh information that we found um you know is something that it's it's very steadily growing actually and like yeah. the, there was no giant yeah. peak that I thought there was going to be. It's it's yeah. slowly increased yeah. as time has gone on. If you're on. interested, the Edison Research, um, they put out an annual report on podcasting, and um, we pulled it for our Podcasting 101 students, and it does clearly show on a graph the steady growth of podcasting and um, by different measurements. But I remember the number that sticks with me is that it was like 144 million Americans have listened to a podcast. This mm. is of 2019. And that was up 20 million from last year. So it was like wow. this steady growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's really encouraging and something that we can tell our students that, you know, you're getting into something that's been around for a while and it looks like it's going to yeah, I think it's, stay in power. Right, yeah. 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 When NPR did their hashtag triapod, I just saw everyone. I feel like the, um, that was like a big watermark. I think Serial... Mm-hmm. One of the the biggest ones I think when Obama in office did Mark Maron's podcast. Oh, interview. Like, so yeah, I actually like the one after better, a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. But I I like, love the Obama one, but yeah. just to hear him like afterwards still like shaking. Talking about like, yeah. nostalgic. To- yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, so it's just I think you get to that point like oh my mom knows what this is <laughs> right know, or, or at least something of that nature. It's 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 fun to see, yeah. and I think we're not it's not fully there yet. It is still very hard to like. You just open an app and then just start typing. It's not so that still there's always always trying to there people are always trying to figure out what's the next way. I like to see like smart TVs and cars and like airplanes like have that an option when you get on a plane. You know you could have like a hundred movies. Mm-hmm. Like why is there not just the app or something like that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that would most likely be the future. Easier access and then you'll see and um, you see a lot of networks. That's been a big big thing. Yes. As well, yeah. Yeah. I've been a part of them and it's really wonderful and it all comes down to networking essentially. Yeah. Always. Yeah. 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 So what do you, uh, when you're not writing and stuff, what are your go-to, like, watch and show? What do you watch? Are you, are you TV people? Some people are not. Yes. I just finished Chernobyl. I heard uh, it was really good. It was very good. It was like to see, yeah. a lot to uh, take in, but it was really good. Um, and I'm also watching Fleabag. 
I've heard that's really good. Just too. finished Fleabag. I need to watch yeah. that. That's on my list. Um, that's it's wonderful. Good, yeah. Wonderful writing. The second season, the first episode of the second season, is just like incredibly well written. Um, Everyone says it's like the perfect season of television. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's such a writer's medium. And it's just so funny how televisions like just change. Like you don't have to feel shame in it anymore. Like, yeah. like smart people write for it and watch it. And like it's yeah, it's not a vice. I mean, it's a vice, but yeah, <laughs> it's it not can, a. It can be used in different ways. Yeah, well, like anything. Yeah, um, but there's some, like really, really intense writing out there. Yeah, and a lot of screenwriters in Providence actually. I mm-hmm. I wasn't I aware. That. Yeah, I wasn't even aware until this this job. But there's actually a screenwriters group who min- who uses a room here because we let people use rooms for free for content creation yeah. purposes. So they meet here monthly. Um, and then there's some screenwriting classes going on in the area mm-hmm. too through Grub Street. Um, I never so, knew that either. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting to see. I've talked to a lot of TV writers. I'm a huge television fan, so I've talked to like a lot of TV writers. Right, right, right. It's just funny to see like there's always like a subdivision within the writing community. But like I remember talking to one writer being like, now they didn't, they had been doing it for a long time and didn't feel that like there's TV writers, there's film writers, there's authors and uh, literaries like on this pedestal that looks down upon every other form of media. Well, that's how they explained. I don't know that to be true, but it seems to be a little more like writer, just write. It's not TV writer, it's writer. Right, yeah. And then you kind of break down by genre which i think is really interesting yeah, exactly. it's so it's cool to see it's yeah, yeah. and it's funny because even people who aren't even in any way shape or form connected to literary or media and they just like like to turn like watch tv and turn off their brain the first thing they'll say about like one of those like chernobyl or on those like really big shows or have you seen the marvelous mrs mazel yeah. yeah. everyone's like the writing writing so yeah. good. it's so good you notice it yeah and, the and good place so too which i'm looking forward to coming oh, back yeah, the last yeah, yeah. Season. which one the good place Oh, I know. Yeah. That is like an exercise in philosophy I didn't know I could love so much. <laughs> it's so good. And it's just funny to see these like kind of highbrow intellectual concepts on a NBC sitcom. Yeah, sitcom, 30-minute show. Also, and, yeah. and it's amazing, too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm, that's like one of those goals. That, as you said that, I was like, I wonder if I can get one of those writers. Like, that, that's usually about my things pop. Like, yeah, yeah. Let me try to find that. And social media is Yeah, I mean, so. that's how you do it. Yeah, it is so easy. Well, no, it's not. But it's it's fun. It's yeah. tons of fun. Who is your like favorite guy? Besides you two? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. Huh. I guess I. Hmm. I had like there's all different guests I've noticed for like personally. I made like uh, I felt like more validated in in each step. And the first time I think I ever felt like I was doing something that actually was more than what I I started to grow it in a way I wasn't expecting would be Michael Price. He's uh, co-created a Netflix show with Bill Burr called F is for Family, but he's a longtime Simpsons writer producer and then has like worked in like just television writing. And then that was the first time I got like press and like, it, it grew beyond me for the very first time a few couple of years ago because I got in the monthly and then I got picked up for like uh, HuffPost and Vulture. And like, oh, it was great. Like AV cl- I didn't get on AV. I've always tried to get on AV clubs, Padmas, but I've never been able to get it. <laughs> it's so good like, to have another goal still out was, there. Yeah. yeah. So that's always like this. Those things. That was the first time I felt like I was like, whoa. Yeah. This is like a right. thing. This is a thing, yeah. I'm still like, I think I called out sick from work and recorded it in my bedroom in my old apartment on the west side. And it, it like had... Ne- national national attention to me because it was nationally but like within my circle of friends and family it was like it was like it's a good deal like the, my college like posted my alma mater and it was like oh my god yeah that's, that's always so fun little steps and i was like i did one with my parents that was like really special to me i've done some like everyone i'm trying to think 
or people like you feel like connected. Like I'm a huge fan of a show called I Zombie, so I got to like interview a writer and actor for that. It was like a, that was like another big step. Or one of the first ones, the first one I did, his name was Adam Lash. Like you, um, he's like a New York City comedian. He had like a web series, but it was the first time that someone I didn't know connected us. Like it was a complete. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he found me on Twitter and just like just reached out, and it was the first time that happened to me. I was like. I was like, I, I guess I'm done. I don't know how to find guests. And it was the first time I realized that you could, like, someone... Could find people you. would come to you. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't have the resources like this. Like, I didn't know how to do those things because I'm not a booking agent. I didn't go to school for social Yeah, security. how do you know? <laughs> I don't know what this stuff is. So it was, that, those were, like, the really, like, those little moments. Yeah. Or anytime anyone... Yeah, it's always funny. It's usually someone who's, like, really important to me in a very small niche community that no one cares about. Or and uh, one of the things I always my one of the dreams is I always want to interview someone like before they become like famous, like when they're way up. Like I got to interview which I think I'm gonna use it for the listening party. Um I don't know if you would know um Dana Shorts. She's um oh, she's an author. I had interviewed her a few years ago right when she was graduating from Brown. She was known at that time for like guy in your MFA, like a Twitter account and now she's like not, I wouldn't say she's famous but like a published author and like wrote for entertainment weekly and like just wrote like like just kind of might be on that path going that way and it's like yeah that's cool yeah i got to talk to you here and like i still can follow you online and see where those things are going and people or have any attachment to like whatever the big cultural moments is always really fun that's i've always like when i mean like star wars came out i got to talk to someone like the uh, the Force Awakens, like the newest one, I got to talk to someone. She was in it for very little, but just to be someone attached to something. Yeah, like yeah. That connected culture, to the zeitgeist. It's, it's really fun. Like, I'm, I'm just such a sucker for that stuff. <laughs> That's fun. I was just... Yeah. Uh, well, this has been a ton of fun. Where uh, would Is there anything we missed? Do you need to cover? And then if not, where can people find you and all the club online? Um, did we miss anything, Jody? No, I think this was um, great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's so much fun. Thanks for making me want a donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was even just thinking that. I was like, maybe I'm going to walk to Need. <laughs> you could walk to Need because we are downtown Providence. <laughs> yes. At 160 Westminster Street um, on floor two. So you, it, we're open seven days. So please come up for a tour. Um, we'd be happy to show you around. Um, and then you can find us online at www.whatcheerclub.org. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook. Uh, we have uh, What Cheer Club is our handle, um, and we also have What Cheer Press, which is our Pressing Matters specific handle. So, um, for folks who are just primarily interested in knowing what's going on in Rhode Island, um, and then the club one is all about what's going on at the club. I cannot express uh, should say this enough to people. It is so beautiful in this club. Like, I don't know if it was you two who did the interior, but it is. Just beautiful. The club is just, it's its so nice. And yeah. beautiful location is great. Or all this great stuff. But the inside is just like, I remember when we came in, my wife and I, the first time, we're like, can we live here? Yeah. Like, at least a, third a lot of, of people, people say that. Yeah. <laughs> we feel like we live here. Yeah, I do. There were at least more than one person, even though we were there for a podcast studio, there was a good part of that night was like, where did you get that furniture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah exactly. Oh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.